0: Welcome to Fairy Tale Mysteries, classic tales told in a whole new way. Featuring Detective Betsy Hardup, the toughest private eye in Fairy Tale City. When fairy tale and nursery rhyme characters can't take their problems to the police, they come to her.
1: There is a fog rolling in on the city. You feel a shiver of danger blowing on the breeze. And the stories that it tells aren't pretty, they're gritty, no pretty but witty. They're the fairy tale mysteries.
0: In our last episode, Betsy was hired by a young lady to find her granny. Uh, the young lady's granny, not Betsy's. I mean, why would someone else hire Betsy to find her own granny? That makes absolutely no sense. I suppose people can be kind in this world, but to be paid by a stranger to find your own granny just wouldn't happen. It's a ridiculous concept. But I digress. After finding granny almost immediately, Betsy was feeling pretty good about herself and her future as a private detective. That is, until she got the feeling that granny was not all that she seemed to be. Following a clue to a bakery, Betsy met a gingerbread man who helped her put together some pieces of the case. Unfortunately, the gingerbread man was taken apart when he was thrown into a mixer by a person or persons unknown. Let's go to Betsy's office now, where she's trying to work up an appetite for breakfast and life.
2: I sat in my office, trying to get up the nerve to eat the last molasses cookie that poor gingerbread man gave me. It was no good. I tossed it on my desk, put my head in my hands, and let the tears flow. (laughs) (laughs) After a few seconds of that, I sat up. This was no way to behave. I needed to pull myself together and get back on the case, not act like some princess falling to pieces at the first setback. If somebody had been waiting in the bakery to take care of Snoopers, better him than me, right? Right. If I'd been with him, I would have gone down too, right? Right. I just had to keep telling myself that till I believed it.
3: <laughs> Come in. Glad to see you're keeping office hours, Betsy. Thought you might have taken the morning off. Hello, uh, Officer Crumpet. What brings you here? Oh, good morning, Croissant.
4: Madame Betsy.
3: Oh, is that a little tear running down your cheek? Whatever could have upset you so. It's just uh, something in my eye. Something like a gingerbread crumb?
4: Can you tell us where you were at approximately three of the clock this morning?
3: Three a.m.? Why, uh,
2: I was tucked up in my bed fast asleep, of course. Why would I go out in that horrible rain? Aha! How did you know it was raining if you were asleep? Go on, pull the other one. Oh, don't be ridiculous, Crumpet. It rained most of the night. I heard it when I got up to use the little girls' room.
4: So, you are saying that you are nowhere near the Goody's Inc. bakery early this morning?
2: Oh, a Goody's Inc.? No,
3: why, why, why would you think that I was there? No reason. Except we found a gingerbread man who had been mangled and a pile of spilled spices.
4: Uh, please forgive my incivility, Madame Betsy, but you do... <laughs> Smell of cinnamon this morning.
2: Do I? I, I? I had some cinnamon on my raisin toast for breakfast. Yeah, that must be it. <laughs> Should have washed my face,
3: I guess. Oh, I can't wait, Croissant. See, this is why I like talking to our friend Betsy. She's got an answer for everything. She explained how she knew it was raining. She got up in the night. We. Oui. She explained why she smells of cinnamon. She had raisin toast. Oui. So I can't wait to see how she explains this cookie on her desk. One exactly like the molasses cookie we found at the scene. Well, Betsy, how did you get a Goody's Ink cookie if you hadn't been anywhere near Goody's Ink? Well, I, that is... You know, I didn't... Uh, uh...
4: Yeah, I gave it to her. Sacrebleu, you startled me there.
2: Who are you? We all turned to see Red in the doorway. She looked really rough. I guess that she hadn't slept much last night either.
5: Uh, I'm a client to uh, Red Riding Hood. Good thing I ain't a bad guy. I'd have had a drop on you two for sure.
3: I you you were watching the door. No, I was searching the office. You were supposed to be watching the door.
4: I was interrogating Madame Betsy. How am I to do this and watch the door?
3: I am not the bloody door. You know what, leave it, all right? Let's deal with these two.
4: We shall discuss this another time. Now, Mademoiselle Rouge, you you say that you gave this biscuit to Madame Betsy?
5: I deliver the goodies for goodies Inc. Yeah, I gave some to Betsy yesterday. Did you like the treats, Betsy?
2: Oh, sure, Red. They were delicious. Thanks. So, like I said, officers, I was nowhere near the bakery last night, so
3: nothing to see here. Move along. I've got a good mind. Really?
5: <laughs> Not from where I sit.
3: <laughs> As I was saying... I've got a good mind to take you down to the station for questioning, Betsy. And don't think I wouldn't take you along, kid. Don't think I wouldn't. Look, Crumpet. We
2: both know that if you drag me downtown without a solid reason, your boss will be down your neck like jack down a beanstalk. So why don't you two hit the road and come back when you got something real to pin on me? Like a medal, maybe. One of these days, Betsy. I'm gonna nail you to the wall. Sure you are. And in the meantime, I'd like to talk to my client. I need a little privacy.
4: Uh, come along, Cruppet. She is right. We must depart. And I would like to speak with you in the hallway. We are, are supposed to be a team. I, I am very disappointed in you. And May, you can't blame me for
2: little Red. Thanks, Red. You really saved my bacon there. Now
4: what's the scoop?
2: I came to tell you that
5: I don't want you on the case no more, Betsy. I changed my mind.
2: What? But, Red, you know the gingerbread man used to work security for your granny? Well, somebody killed him last night. I was there.
5: Really? I didn't think anybody'd ever catch him, no matter how fast they ran. Still, he probably just stuck his nose where it didn't belong. Tough break for him. Yeah, I was worried about my granny, and you found her. Case closed. I'll pay you twice your usual fee.
2: Where did you get the money? <laughs> Yesterday, you were paying me in baked goods. Let's just say
5: Granny was grateful to be reunited with the family. The main thing is, you're off the case, Betsy. Betsy. That's what I said.
2: Something about this conversation was getting under my skin. And I suddenly realized what it was. I began to suspect that Red was not a self. Literally. And then I got an idea. I had a secret weapon that would be perfect for a situation like this. Sure, if uh, that's what you want. No skin off my nose. It was nice doing business with you, Red. Ain't hey, you too, Betsy. Oh, before you go, I need you to sign off on the contract. Just got to grab the paperwork. Uh, have a seat while I'm looking. Won't be a minute.
5: Yeah, sure thing, Betsy.
2: Yeah,
5: take your time.
2: You sat down in the client chair and put her feet up on my desk. Yeah. This was working out better than I'd hoped. I just got a couple questions to ask you first. Uh, shoot. Oh, let's hope it won't come to that. Okay. Who are you really? What? I know you want the real Little Red Riding Hood. She couldn't get my name straight even once. You said it half a dozen times without making a single mistake. So I know you want her.
5: Uh, You're too smart for your own good.
2: Biggie, it was you all along. I should have known.
5: I told you. Don't call me that. You little punk, you're gonna pay for this when I get my paws on you.
2: Hey, what the? I'm stuck. Courtesy of Granny's goodies, Biggie. I put one of her stickiest molasses cookies on your chair when you weren't looking. You ain't going nowhere. Now what did you do with Granny and Red?
5: I ain't telling you. Let, let me of this chair.
2: You might as well come clean. I got you dead to rights. I can put in a good word for you with the fuzz.
5: Yeah, all I'm saying is they were delicious.
2: Oh, ew. You ate them?
5: <laughs> in one bite. Didn't even chew.
2: You swallowed him whole? Oh, what a terrible way to go.
5: Oh, yeah? Well, you can tell me all about it. Cause you're next!
2: He jumped at me with the chair still attached to his butt. It slowed him down a bit, but created havoc when it smashed into my furniture. Fortunately, it kept him from getting his mitts on me, but it couldn't last. I had
3: to come up with something faster. My mother goose was cooked. No, not my window blind! Now then, what's going on here?
4: Blessé! I, I mean,
3: freeze! You're uh, uh, wolf! Get your
4: handcuffs, uh, Get on. your
3: hands
5: off
4: of me!
2: I didn't
5: do nothing, I tell ya!
4: Monsieur Lalou, you are coming downtown!
2: Wait! No, not downtown! We have to get him to the hospital. Granny and Red are in his
3: stomach. He he's swallowed them whole! Oh, gives a whole new meaning to Granny's good, he's done it.
4: Oh, Madame Betsy is right. The wolf's digestion is notoriously slow. If we hurry, we may still be able to freeze them in time.
2: Well, let's go. Oh. Doctor Huntsman to operating room
0: three. Dr. Huntsman, you are needed in OR3 immediately.
2: Crumpet Croissant and I were walking through the second floor ward at all the king's horses and all the king's men hospital, trying to find Granny and Red. They were okay, if a little slimy, when the sawbones got him out of the wolf's gut. But the docs wanted to keep him under observation for a little while, just to be sure. Excuse me, nurse? We? Oui? I mean, uh, yes, madam. We're trying to find Daisy Bluebonnet. What room is she in?
4: Baguette? Baguette, I, I did not know you were working here. <laughs> Oncle Croissant? Qu'est-ce que surprise! You know this young lady, Croissant? Ah, bien sûr. She is my niece, Baguette. My brother craves eldest. When did you start your baguette? Ça fait quelques mois. J'ai complété mes études l'été passé. Oh, last summer. Oh my, they grow so fast. She says she has uh, finished her nurse training and works here now.
2: Uh, that's cozy as all get out. Can she tell us where Granny and
3: Red are?
4: Oh, uh, of course, madame.
3: They are just down the hall. Uh, second door on your right. Is that wolf out uh, surgery yet? Mm, let me check the chart. Hmm... Uh, not yet. When he is conscious, they will bring him to that room across the hall. Merci beaucoup there, Baguette. Can we go see Granny and Red now? Ah, uh, oui, they are awake. Visiting hours are until seven, so you have another hour. Au revoir, oncle.
4: Ah, bientôt, ma chérie. Say bonjour to Crepe and declare for me. Can we come in? Ah, Brittany! Betsy. Wait, Betsy! Thanks
1: for not giving up on us. We owe you big time, right, Granny? Why, yes, we do. Another day in that wolf, and it would have been curtains for me. I am mighty grateful to you, miss.
2: Please, just call me Betsy, ma'am.
1: Only if you call me Granny. Oh, thank you, Betsy. I just wish we could pay you. That wolf sold off my business and left us with nothing.
3: Now, how did he do that, miss? I mean, Granny. Did he threaten you?
1: Why, yes, at first. But I didn't back down. One evening, I heard a loud pounding on the front door. When I opened my door, I thought I was looking into a mirror. I saw me on my stoop. I had on my clothes and my hat, and the only thing that was different was the brass knuckles on that fist that hit me. And that was the last thing I saw until I woke up in this here hospital. The wolf dressed like granny and made a deal and sold off mama's recipes to goodies, Inc. How come
2: your mama didn't suspect anything?
1: That daughter of mine, The wolf phoned her to say I was taking a vacation. Can you believe that? Well, my daughter did. Like I would take a vacation from running my little shop. I haven't left town almost 50 years. Hey, don't blame my mama. That wolf can be very
3: convincing.
2: Right, Barney? Betsy, and yes, he can. Sure fooled me.
3: Well, that's what you get when you match an inexperienced lady gumshoe with a hardened criminal.
2: Sure, Crumpet, because you saw right through the disguise, didn't you? That's why you left him alone with me to go argue in the hall, because you knew it was the wolf, right? Look, we came back and saved your skin, didn't we? Sure, sure, and don't think I ain't grateful. I am.
1: Yeah,
4: us too. If it weren't for the fuss, Granny and I wouldn't even be here right now. Even if we ain't got no dough. Ah, the money. I understand that there would be quite a large amount with an operation such as Goodie's Inc., No.
2: From what the wolf was splashing out dressed as Granny, I'd say so. So
4: this is a serious matter. That wolf will be charged with several crimes: Attempted murder, kidnapping, and of course, fraud.
3: He's going away for a very long time. Mock my words. Hmm. Maybe
2: my lawyers can help you with your case, Red. Let's go see them tomorrow.
1: Yeah, and the fuzz can grill the wolf
2: once he's out of antistatic. Uh, anathletic. Do you mean anesthetic? <sighs> yeah,
1: that. We'll get the straight story out of him.
3: Uh, monsieur? Excusez-moi. Excusez-moi, monsieur. No, that is the wrong way. This room is on this side. Now then, now then, what's going on? Uh, Nurse, what's the problem? Oh, the orderlies have taken the wolf to the wrong room. It is over here, I tell you. I see. Around this corner? No, over here. To your right. (laughs) Of course, this
4: one.
2: I recognize that voice. As the gurney turned the corner, I noticed a red tail poking out from under one of the orderly's coats. Like a fox's tail. Suddenly, I knew where I'd heard that voice before. Quick, follow that gurney!
6: We've been made! Run, Kit Kat!
2: They had a head start, but we chased him down the hallway, scattering doctors, nurses, and patients like ninepins. We rounded one final corner to see the door of the ambulance, they closing our faces. Somebody was blocking it from the outside because the latch wouldn't open. The only way to force it was to push, all together. Uh, We were too late. We watched the ambulance disappear into the distance. Bloody hell,
4: he's done a runner. Quick, to the squad car! Uh, Perhaps we can still catch up to him! The
2: cops headed to the parking lot around the corner. As I stood at the door, they burned rubber after the ambulance. It was a valiant effort, but it looked like they had a snowball's chance of catching up. The wolf had done it again, escaping right from under my nose, and this time he had help. If the fox and the cat were working with him, how many other helpers did he have? I made a mental note to watch who I talked to in the future. There was no telling what side anybody was on now. I decided to head back to Red and Granny's room and see when they could get out of here. Good morning, Red. Granny. Found the lawyer's office, okay? You
1: betcha! Of course, dear.
2: Sorry I'm a bit late. Let's get inside. They'll be waiting for us.
6: Hello, Betsy. So nice to see you. And this
1: is Granny, I presume? Oh, pleased to make your acquaintance.
6: Put her there, pal! And this must be Red. Come in, all of you. This is my partner, Tweedledee. Please, just call me D. Have a seat. Dumb, please get another chair for Miss Red. <gasps> Red, ain't you fancy! We try. Tea, anyone? I won't presume to offer you cookies. That's like bringing coals to Newcastle. Eh?
1: You ain't putting your coals in your cookies, are you? Newcastle? Isn't that where Old King Cole got his start?
2: It's a figure of speech. He means your cookies would beat his
6: any day. Indeed. It's not important. Dumb. would you get the tea, please? Not important! I see. I'll be relegated to tea boy while you handle the important things. Why do you deliberately take offense at everything I say? You insult me, sir. Prepare for battle. As you wish.
2: Gentlemen, gentlemen, uh, perhaps this is not a good time for that in front of the clients and all.
6: What? Oh, yes. Beg pardon, ladies. I'll get the tea. Thank you, colleague. Now, Granny, Betsy told us that you were defrauded out of your bake shop. Yes.
1: The wolf sold the bake shop and my daughter's recipes while pretending to be me. Betsy tells me that you can help get our things back?
6: Most likely. My partner has made a few calls and looked into the ownership of Goodies Inc. The parent company is called Motherhood Limited. Apparently they deal mostly in real estate and import-export transactions. Which is why we are confident that we can get your recipes returned and damages for the pain and suffering that you both experienced.
2: How? The wolf committed the crimes and we don't have him. Yet.
6: Ah, but Motherhood Limited are at least partially responsible for that crime. They failed in their due diligence, you see. Uh,
1: nope. Don't see that at all. Try again with smaller words.
6: He means that Motherhood should have checked out the people involved more carefully. Frankly, I'm shocked at the lack of oversight here. Agreed. They should have at least contacted your mother, Red, to verify that Miss Bluebonnet was actually Miss Bluebonnet. Please, it is Granny.
1: So you're saying that we can open the bake shop again and use Mama's recipes, and
6: they won't sue us? Oh, I think we can do better than that. They owe you your compensation, not just for your treatment, but as part of the profits they made from your recipes. You should clear a tidy sum by the end of proceedings.
2: Looks like you two are going to get your day in court.
6: Oh, no, no. What?
1: You say we don't get our day in court? You mean we're getting the royal shaft?
6: Neither of those things. Motherhood wants to settle with you out of court. It looks like they're trying to avoid any in-depth investigation into their affairs. As my colleague has said, a tidy sum should be coming your way. Oh, how tidy would that be? At least five figures. Are those figures ones or nines? Oh, at least figure eights. Yes, we've got them going in circles.
1: Oh, jeez. We can make it a family trip. I hear there's a new park opening in California. Someone named Fisney, or Prisney, is running it. We could go there.
2: Looks like Dee and Dom have a handle on this, and you two are made in the shade. I'm going to head back to my office. You don't need me to work out the details. Oh, thanks a million, Betsy. Betsy. Hey, you got it right, finally.
1: Hey, I ain't forgot what you did for us. I'll be by your office later with a basket and some cash.
2: You're okay, kid. Now you take care. headed back across town. I decided to walk instead of taking a cab. It was a nice day, and I didn't have much ready cash on me, but that was going to change soon. I made a mental note to look into Motherhood Limited. If they were trying to avoid investigation, I thought I should do some investigating on my own, but that could wait until later. Right now, I had a lot to look forward to. The sun was shining on my face, and I was feeling better than I had in a long time. As I headed towards my office, I did not see the man waiting for me in the alley.
3: Betsy Hardup?
2: Which was odd, since he had a feathered cap on his head and a bright blue and yellow uniform. Yeah? Who's asking?
3: It is I,
1: Harold. I have a message for you.
2: Oh, wait, I know you. You're the prince's Harold. Am I in trouble here? I don't
1: think so. He would like to meet you for coffee sometime. Are you available this week?
2: Let me check my dance card. Gee, I'm all
1: booked up. Oh, you didn't check anything?
2: Nope. All booked up. And tell your boss if he wants to have coffee with me, he can ask me himself. I pushed past him and into my building in a foul mood. Nothing ruins a beautiful day like a message from your ex-husband.
0: Finally, Betsy gets a happy ending. Mostly happy anyways. Except for that last message. A date with her ex-husband? Will she take him up on it? <laughs> I must say, it doesn't look like she will. At least she'll finally have enough money to repair that broken blind. And the window. And the damage the wolf did to her office in the struggle. There goes her profit margin, I'm afraid. See how it works out on the next episode of Fairy Tale Mysteries. What's Under the Hood part two was performed by Franny Warwick as Betsy. Rosie Forrest as Red Riding Hood and Granny Daisy Bluebonnet. Rob Dunn as the Big Bad Wolf. Jeff Christensen as Officer Quisson. Samantha Andrews as Officer Crumpet. Hannah Christensen as Nurse Baguette. Mike Balser as Fungus Fox. Drew Hart as Tweedledee and Tweedledum Jake Hildebrand as Harold the Herald and hello, I'm your announcer Christopher Hall. What's Under the Hood Part 2 was written by Clive Hitman Rambroop, Mike Balser and Hannah Christensen based on a concept by Alex Balser. Music by Timothy Tucker. Theme vocals by Chelsea Rose Sound effects and foley by Chris Cuttress. Fairytale Mysteries is produced by James T. Nelson. Fairytale Mysteries is a COVID fund project from the Fraser Valley Gilbert and Sullivan Society All rights reserved